Here's to the crazy ones, the misfits, the rebels, the troublemakers, the round pegs in the square holes, the ones who see things differently, the ones who are not fond of rules and have no respect for the status quo. You can quote them, disagree with them, glorify them or vilify them. About the only thing you can't do is ignore them because they change things. They push the human race forward and while others see them as the crazy ones, we see genius because the people who are crazy enough to think they can change the world are the ones who do. We are Sir Max Network. Black consciousness in, is in essence the realization by the black man of the need to rally together with his brothers around the course of their operation. The blackness of their skin and to operate as a group in order to rid themselves of the shackles that bind them to perpetual servitude. It seeks to demonstrate the lie that black is an aberration from the normal which is white. It is a manifestation of a new realization that by seeking to run away from themselves and to emulate the white men. Blacks are insulting the intelligence of whoever created them black. Black consciousness, therefore, ladies and gentlemen, takes cognizance of the deliberateness of God's plan in creating black people. That's how we welcome you to this riveting episode of CMX Network. It's a debut show today, so we are so excited and thank you very much for being part of the show today. We call it CMX Network and we're inviting you to be part of the conversation because this is what we will be doing every week. We are trotting around the world to bring you some of the world's top, top minds. And we are live right now on Mahikeng FM, Northwest University FM, Kopanong FM, Kateng FM, Ahanang FM, and Madibeng FM. My name is CMX, a knowledge printer, and Let's enjoy a ride today. This is where great minds connect and we continue to ask life's biggest questions. And on the line, it doesn't get better than this, ladies and gentlemen, because I'm joined by one of Africa's wisdom keepers. You know, he's an author. He is a forerunner when coming to making an opinion and transforming the game as it is. Bishop Joshua Maponga III Marara is on the show today. Welcome to the show, Bishop. Hello, hello, and thank you very much for having me on your show. Greetings to you and your listeners out there. It's always a great pleasure, Bishop, you know, to sip from your cup of wisdom. It's a debut show today of Semex Network. And there was no one, Bishop, who was fit enough, actually, to be studying the show with you because you are one of the men, actually, who helped me to understand what it means to be a great bishop. That's why you are on the show today. Yeah, man, my apologies. I would have loved to be in studio, but uh, other commitments in Free State uh, dragged my program, but uh, uh, technology has made it possible. Thank you very much. We are so happy, Bishop. Today, our topic is the decolonization of the black mind, Bishop. And this topic is important because we are just on the eve when South Africa, at least, and I can even extend it to say Southern Africa, is actually celebrating an Easter weekend. And today we are talking about decolonization of the black mind, a subject that has been exhausted by so many people. But today with you, because you have been so vocal and so outspoken when coming to issues of decolonization, and one probably listening to the conversation would say, where do we begin to liberate the mind of a black man, Bishop, in your view? 
Uh, firstly, we need to start uh, by addressing the issue of time. Uh, what is time? Uh, if you remember very well on my thinking tool, what is time to the Easterners? Uh, time is cyclical and zodiacal. It's round. What goes around comes around. What is time to the European? It is linear. We start at the beginning and we go towards the future. We don't know. Forget the past. Keep on focusing on the future. And we forget that the problems of the future are created by the decisions of the present. What is time, according to the African in the South? Time <laughs> is vertical. Time is present. Any civilization that does not own its time uh, will end up celebrating festivities and rituals that belong to the other uh, dominant cultures. Even in the light of the Easter celebrations or the Passover celebrations that we are talking about. The question is, do these times appear on our calendar? Mm. Who is that savior to the African? Who is that savior to the Chinese? Who is that savior to the Africans? Has an African been saved by this Messiah? Has the death of Jesus done anything to the African? What sin did the African commit for the past 2,000 years, which God is still angry with? And through time, these festivities are put on the timetable where the African must constantly celebrate theologies, ideologies that belong to other cultures, though they are meaningless to the Africans. If we are to celebrate Passover as Africans, the question is, who are the Egyptians? They are the colonizers. When are we leaving Egypt as Africans? When are we leaving oppression? When are we walking away from slavery? And who is leading us into the wilderness of our liberation? So you pick up even the biblical text, and you needed to move with it into the theology so that you can begin to de deliberate African politics and sociology. If it is celebrating the death of Jesus, is Jesus still on the cross? Did Jesus come down from the cross? Is the African still on the cross? Who are the two thieves? One on the left and one on the right for the African people. And finally, who is crucifying the Africans today? So we cannot celebrate a resurrection of a Messiah on Sunday when the African is still crucified even this coming Sunday. I thank you. The great Bishop Maponga the third Marara in his vintage way, classic way. You can be in touch with us if you want to be part of this conversation. You can send us a WhatsApp voice note if you have a question, a comment, or an experience that you want to share with us today. It's 078-404-0938. I'm in conversation with Bishop Joshua Maponga the third. He's on the show today. You're asking a very important, you're asking so much important questions, uh, the great Bishop, and questions that many leaders and I'm not just going to limit it to the, to the spiritual leaders who are the advocates of the religion that we have been given. We're going to talk about that in the moment. But just leaders, these are uncomfortable questions that challenges the core of we, who we are as human beings. Because the concept of time, I mean, we've said this before, no nation can become successful, the great bishop, if it has not mastered its idea of time because it is in our idea of time where the blueprint of success comes from as a nation maybe this is the time and but do we have the leadership bishop that's the big question that is william because when you challenge the idea of time you are challenging everything to say change the calendar change how you do things change how we approach life as a whole firstly i need to say we have great minds uh, the late credo mutua and uh, his student 
Umabu Singiswa from the Zinzi Mandela Foundation, who has actually designed a calendar from the great empire of Kemet, Gek. Uh, he has actually come up with a brilliant, brilliant calendar which looked at the months of the year. Actually, that could be a good guest you can have for next week, and I could give you details after this show. Then you can pick up the conversation to move on further as to how do we own our time. But looking at the months of our, of our year and how they are written in our own traditional language, the question is, what does that mean? Leaders are there, but the issue is the amount of poison the African-educated child has swallowed. Is he now willing to regurgitate, puke or vomit the poison and begin to recalibrate his own mindset? As simple as a question, mm. that you spend nine months in your mother's womb. Why do you celebrate your birthday every 12 months? Are you in sync with your time? Or you're actually out of sync? Are the periods of the ladies according to the calendar or according to the moon? Ah. What is the difference between a Greco-Roman calendar, a solar calendar, an Egyptian calendar, a committee calendar, an African calendar, and a Zoroastrianistic calendar, an Ethiopian calendar, for example? All these formulations of time have to do with rituals and marking celebrations around a nation's heredity and ancestry so that we can put our fingers on the pulse of what is it that our forefathers celebrated by naming these things. And so that as a modern generation, we can actually plug into time and celebrate our new moons and celebrate our new moons according to the calendars of the African people. I thank you. Leaders are there, but is the student available? We are in conversation with Bishop Joshua Maponga the third. Marara is on Semex Network today. It's a debut show of Semex Network right now broadcasting across six radio stations. Mahikeng FM, Northwest University FM, Kopanong FM, Kateng FM, Akhanang FM, as well as Madibeng FM. That is why we're inviting you to be part of this conversation. And today we're talking about decolonization of the black mind and in his execution bishop maponga is saying number one we need to look at the idea at the idea of time and it makes sense for me bishop because you look at all the successful uh, civilizations in the world you know the egyptian civilization the maya civilization you can go anywhere in the world it is they have preserved their idea of time now Throughout many times, Bishop, we're going for a quick break, but this is what I want us to talk about on the other side of the break. We have seen movements like black consciousness. We have seen now, we are seeing the quantum global shift of the brain. We are seeing a big shift of in global consciousness, where now black people are starting to wake up, are starting to ask important questions. They're starting to, de- de- to destabilize the system. Now, when we come back from the break, I want to find out from you to say, are, are, are you happy or are, are they helping us? I mean, every time we talk about black consciousness, we still refer to the stiff because of this world. In your view, what is the role of the black conscious movement? So this is what we will be looking at on the other side of, of this break. So we're inviting you to be part of the conversation right here on Samex Network. Is it a question, a comment, or an experience that you want to share with us? Send us a WhatsApp voice note on 078-404-0938. We're coming back with more. This week, Thursday, on Samex Network, ladies and gentlemen, we are joined by Joshua Maponga III, Marara, with the knowledge premiere. Samex. Samex Network is here. 
We are leading a global quantum shift of the brain. We are engineering a shift in global consciousness. We are breeding a new generation of thought-provoking leaders. We are Sir Max Network. We are the offspring of the men and women born from an incorruptible seed. Let me tell you who we are. We are the sons and daughters of the great scientists, engineers, mathematicians, teachers, healers, astrologers, thinkers, entrepreneurs, and orators. We are Sir Max Network. This is the CMX Network right here on all the platforms that we have. We're joined by uh, the great Bishop Maponga, the third, Marara. So we're across the platforms and we are so happy to have you on our discussion today. That's why we're inviting you to be part of the conversation. Bishop, the, the young generation now, they call it a woke a woke generation. This black consciousness movement, the path in which we are taking it, are you happy with it? Are you are you happy that there's hope for Africa for a black man as redemption? No. Yes, in that uh, any form of life and activity that is positive must be celebrated. No. In the sense that as long as black consciousness Pan-Africanism is protesting towards the status quo of political uh, leadership. And their complaint is to assume power without changing the governance system. It only means that we are changing foxes with hyenas. Why am I saying that? If Pan-Africanism and black consciousness will uphold constitutionalism, governance system, democratic structures which by nature are colonial, non-religious and abusive to African culture. We may find that in the midst of our excitement with black consciousness we will end up with new leaders who are going to be equally abusive. This Mm -hmm. speaks to the revolutionaries who are right now running all African governments from Ghana to South Africa. All the governments in power right now went into power as revolutionaries. But their revolution does not yield fruit because it goes into power to run the same police system, to run the same prison system, to run the same hospital system, to run the same birth control system, to run the same democratic system. At the end of the day, we are now being abused by fellow Africans who have assumed power, but because they don't have a full understanding of what is the social re-engineering strategy to be able to build an African culture and an African idiom of existence. Their presence in power has become continuous abuse of the African people. Hence now the colonizers are no longer whites, but they are coconuts, blacks on the outside by white in terms of ideology. (laughs) These are products of the religious systems. These are products of Marxism. These are products of capitalism. And all of them who are running government right now They understand what Pan-Africanism is like, but they are there to make sure that they maintain the status quo of the same colonial masters. Our President Cyril Ramaphosa sits on the same chair that Declerc was sitting on. Our Minister of Prisons sits on the same chair that Servut was sitting on. Our Minister of Health sits on the same chair that the Minister of Health during colonialism was sitting on. Our Minister of Justice, our CJ, sits in the chambers that the colonialists were sitting on. 
The question is, when you put all these people together in one room and say, what is your vision for the black people? Do they have that vision? Or their vision is to create a new democratic system which emulates American politics. For that reason, our black consciousness, unless it comes with a software of black ancestral knowledge systems from governance throughout education, will constantly be duplicating ourselves with people who seem politically correct, but they are ethnically disoriented. Very beautiful way and a great articulation, Bishop. You're pointing, amen, all after 20, and after so many years, after two decades, even going to the third decade, we've got leaders now, and you rightfully said, who are sitting in the same chairs as the colonizers, but they protect the same interests of the colonizers. They, in fact, continue to accelerate the agenda of the colonizers. Mm-hmm. I'm sure this is some of the great questions, and still to think, who's fooling who? In, in fact, in terms of, in terms of our approach, but you spoke about business leaders. You're speaking about political leaders who are there. But today we speak about, we're sitting in, on the eve of, 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 of Easter weekend, where religion has become the core of our lives, particularly as African people, a lens through which we see life today. But we know the impact and the influence that religion has had, the great bishop, in our minds in how we see life. The same people who are supposed to provide hope, and I'm happy because of your stance today. That's why I'm saying you are the great bishop. Because it is the system that has been that has been orchestrated uh, to camouflage as if it is there to protect the black people. But it is this system that is actually continuing to take black people down and down. The role of religion in the time that we're living in. Some people are calling for reform and for transformation. What do you say? We need to maybe study a little bit. Let's take a few steps backwards, uh, Max, uh, and look at the strategy of colonialism. When they came into the community, the first thing that they did in the community was to set up uh, a church. And Mm. next door to the church was a school. A few kilometers away was a police station and a court. And then a few meters away from there, a bank. Now, I want you to look at that strategy very critically. That the church became a recruiting center. And once you are recruited, then your children become students of the colonial religion. Those that default from taxes and etc., the police will enforce that. Prison will take care of the rest of them. And the rest of the complying people get into the economic system. So if you look around the whole country of Southern Africa, Christianity cannot fold its arms. It was directly involved in becoming the cradle roll, the kindergarten, and the crash of dehumanizing Africans from their culture into the new colonial religion. Education became the next bus stop. Judiciary became the next bus stop. Prison services, the next bus stop ultimately an economic utopia which the European became the landlord himself. So unless we begin to understand that actually religion remains at the core of colonization, Mm -hmm. and until we begin to speak about spiritual decolonization, I know people are willing to talk about political decolonization, Uh economic decolonization, but who wants to talk about spiritual decolonization? 
But but here's the problem, Bishop, because whenever you tack that you touch that subject about spiritual decolonization, obviously what will tack in to the issues of religion. People become emotional, people become personal. We we start to name it blasphemy. Ask me why. Ask me why they become emotional. Mm-hmm. Ask me why. Why are they? Because religion has replaced identity. In- the first thing I ask you, what's your name? Say Max. Say Max who? You give me your surname. <laughs> Within the next three, four questions, I'll be asking your religion. Absolutely. And religion has replaced identity. So that you, I am Christian. I am a child of God. Mm. Oh, hallelujah. I'm a child of Allah. So immediately you begin to tamper with people's religion. You begin to tamper with their very identity. Because Christianity has actually become a replacement culture. Where even a young man cannot bury his own father because his father is not a Christian, he's a demon. Yeah, 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 yeah. So Christianity and religion has replaced the sense of African identity. And for that reason, yes, people get angry because they now firstly identify themselves as Christian, not as Africans. Bishop, it is so sad that we uphold and we are so proud. And you, you rightfully saying in the third line, I will tell you I'm a child of God. I'm so and so and so. But we are denouncing our own. We are denouncing who we are. We see ourselves as demon born sinners. That's how lowly we regard ourselves. But all of that, I, I mean, you look at these celebrations that go on in the name of the Easter. But yet we denounce our own people. We denounce our own ancestors. We, we curse who we are because of because of religion because, because for, for crying out loud if if the african is so sinful what sins have we committed which god cannot forgive 2000 years later if the death of one man called jesus saves the whole world hallelujah who can account for the 25 million that died in congo who mm. can account for the 20 million that died on the transatlantic trade trade who can account for all the black people that died during the civilization and wars of Africa for liberation? Are you telling me that all these hundreds of millions of people are useless except for the Son of Jesus, the Son of God Jesus? His blood must save all of us. The question is, what value is the blood of Jesus in comparison to the African value of life? And if this God cannot begin to address African poverty, African pain, African slavery, African redistribution, African reparation, African dignity, then this God is foreign to us. So how does he protect the one who is abusing us in the name of religion? How does he love a white man who is pressing on my neck and tells me we're going to be sharing the same heaven? I always say the God of the colonizer, the God of the master, the God of the oppressor can never be the same with the God of the slave because our prayers are never the same. And how do you think you're going to be living in the same heaven? The oppressor and the oppressed. In our previous conversations, Bishop, and I'm quoting you verbatim in other platforms, you said the Chinese God look like them. The Indians God look like them. You know, the white man's God look like them. It's only the black man whose God does not look like them. Maybe our we need to revisit the concept of God because our concept of God determines our way or our course in life. The, the abusive part is that the Jesus people are excited about right now over this Easter. Number one, he is ethnographically wrong. He was born in Africa, for crying out loud. So to hell with that white boy with blue eyes. He's a fiction face. The name is fiction. And when we begin to idolize colonial issues, 
and make them religious. We become twice slaves. Slaves spiritually, slaves economically, and slaves culturally. The Bible says, make yourself no grieving images of anything in heaven, on earth, or underneath the earth. How did we allow the white people to actually colonize even Jesus? To colonize even the picture of Jesus? To colonize even the God himself? Until they present to us a white, blonde, blue-eyed boy as the Messiah. And Africans accept that as theology. When theologically that is wrong. Geographically and culturally that is wrong. How do we sit around and idolize idolatry at that level and allow the white people to get away with it? And when we condemn it, we are called antichrist and demonic. Question. You have said in many platforms, the great bishop, that this Jesus, the story of Jesus, it is flawed. It is corrupted because you have said there's evidence that shows that Jesus is born from Africa and Jesus comes from Africa. Do you still maintain the same views? I mean, who can, why did Joseph's brothers not, were not able to identify him if he was the only white boy in the midst of the black boys in Egypt? Because the Bible says they could not even recognize him. So how can you, not, how can you fail to recognize a white man amongst blacks? Number two, take this Jesus to Egypt. How can you hide Jesus in the midst of uh, uh, black people if he is white? And number three, the genealogy of Jesus, questionable. Number four, even if you are supposed to use the biblical text of the book of Genesis chapter 11 and chapter 10, where Ham, Shem, and Japheth, and then Abram comes into the picture, and God changes his name from Abram to Abraham. I did a bit of Hebrew. Ah, which means Yahweh. Bara gave birth. Ham the black man. So Ah gave birth to the black man. That's Abraham. 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 So even when you look at the textual evidence of the very Bible, Africans get offended to discover that actually this black book, if they wanted to believe in it, for those of you who want to be Christians, are we being honest to the textual evidence or we are obsessed and constipated with European bigotry? Big questions right here on the Samex Network. Bishop Maponga, Joshua III, Marara, in his vintage way, in his classic way. The man who says it like it is. We're inviting you to be part of the conversation on all our platforms. You can send us a WhatsApp voice note. If you've got a, an opinion, only for people who've got an opinion, on 78 0938 and we are live right now on different radio stations uh, Mahikeng FM Northwest University FM Kopanong FM Kateng FM Akhanang FM and Madibeng FM so send us your voice note let's hear what we have to think Bishop we're going for a quick break but on the other side of the break I'm going hope for the last time you today I know you were addressing you're in the free state addressing an important forum on, on moral regeneration. But what I want us to look at on the other side of the break, 
is the society that we have created, the impact of the society that we have created in the liberation of a black mind. Because this society is based on the foreign values. It is so based on so many values. Is this the society fit for us to thrive in, to liberate a black man in? Or we need to change the social construct that we have if we are to liberate the mind of a black man. All this and more on the other side of the break. We are the offspring of the men and women born from an incorruptible seed. Let me tell you who we are. We are the sons and daughters of the great scientists, engineers, mathematicians, teachers, healers, astrologers, thinkers, entrepreneurs, and orators. We are Sir Max Network. It's a glimpse in eternity. A touch of paradise. It's radio unmatched. This is where great minds connect. We're asking life's biggest questions. This is Sir Max Network. As far as the North Pole is from the South, we are bridging the knowledge gap from centuries past. We inspire you to find your true north. From Timbuktu to Alexandria. From the city of Johannesburg to New York. From the Zulus to the Dogon people. We're disrupting the knowledge economy. We are Sir Max Network. Welcome to the first episode of Semex Network right here. And we are so happy to have you on the show today. This is where great minds connect and we continue to ask life's biggest questions. And on our debut show today, we are joined by the great Bishop Joshua Maponga, the third Marara. And our topic today, we're talking about the decolonization of the black mind. That's why I'm inviting you to be part of the conversation. What are your views? What do you think? What is your experience? What is your question based on what we are talking about today? Our WhatsApp line is open 078-404-0938 i repeat 078-404-0938 now liberation is of paramount importance in the project of decolonizing the black mind we cannot as a people prosper mentally and materially and remain in bondage uh, mentally the great bishop the society that we have created the morals through which govern this society the social construct that is leading our life is it conducive is it taking us to the promised land where we want to go from or where we want to go to or that's where we need to start about this social construct colonialism does not respect africans in that realization as we have it right now is not a black construct it's a european ideology right now in namibia and in botswana we have the abuse of the people, the Himba people, the Khoisang people, the Bushmen, who are saying, we don't want your education. We don't want your clothes. We don't want your medicine. 
we simply want to be ourselves. But black governments right now are exterminating those black people. So at the end of the day, if you can look at modernization, industrialization, development, as you call it, are we really developing when we are destroying our habitat? Is development making more concrete jungles? i give you a simple example. Let's make the whole of Mahikeng a cosmopolitan city. Let's put more concrete blocks. Let's put 16, 18 skyscrapers in the town. At the end of that construction, what quality of air are we going to be breathing? What quality of water are we going to be drinking? What quality of life are we going to be living in that concrete jungle? Go to countries such as Singapore and China mm. that are highly industrialized. And right now as we speak, they are putting gardens on windows. They are planting gardens on rooftops. They are making green buildings with plants all around the buildings so that they can generate cleaner energy and cleaner oxygen. Since we are already there, where industrialization is, the question is, and the answer is, we need an integrated approach, which does not destroy our habitat, at the same time, coping up also with the Western ideologies of civilization. So as we have it right now, we don't have a plan as Africans. Ask me why. I've not seen a plan for Africa called Africa 4040, Africa 6050. We can look at three to 400 years from now. What kind of an Africa do we want to live? The only time you know that a civilization will last is when the parents are planting the trees, which they know their children will eat from. As long as we plant vegetables, we'll never eat fruits. I thank you. Mm. That's a big challenge that goes on to all our society right now to say, what is it that you are doing in order to plant seeds of knowledge for the coming generations to come? I mean, how much are we destroying this vegetation, the land that we live in today for the preservation of those who are going to come after us? It's a big, big question that is facing our society today. the courage, Bishop, to put this into action. And I know a layman will ask this question listening to the conversation. Young people listening to the conversation, they would be asking this to say, where do I begin? What is the first step? I go to school, you know, it protects the interest of the colonial mind. I go to church, it's the same thing. I go into business, it's the same thing. But where do I begin, the great Bishop? Because I want to start a new path of liberating my mind. I want to challenge everyone who is listening to me tonight. Number one, before the end of this year, go to your grandfather's grave and plant a tree. Number two, go to the house you are staying in and plant a tree. We need to start creating a new habitat for ourselves. Over and above academic you know, institutionalization, sharing of information, learning and growth. Please cut some more grass around your house and plant a garden. Go back to the village. Build a homestead. Sell your GTI car, your Pendy dropper. Invest in a homestead. Buy a cow. Buy a goat. Buy a sheep. Develop your homestead. That is one of the most fundamental directions in which the African child can begin to move forward. It is to pick the wisdom of the past. That includes even issues of investment. If right now you buy one cow, one cow, in September that cow is delivering a calf. 
you have been able to double your investment within one year. Take the same amount of money, 15000 and put it in the bank. You will get less than 2 to 3% profit. But when you invest in livestock and in agriculture, you are able to receive 100% return on your investment. Begin to look at some of the software of the past and invest into the future. By so doing, we're able to create wealth. Secondly, we need to circulate our money amongst ourselves as Africans so that we can own the value chain of what we eat, so that we eat what we own, and we own what we eat. And by sharing our money together, the Jews do it seven times. The Indians do it five times. The African money in his wallet takes 15 minutes. It's away from his pocket to the Europeans. How, where do we begin? Begin by investing your money in your own African indigenous businesses. And the best way to resist a foreign culture is to embrace your own. I thank you. Beautiful stuff, the great Bishop Joshua Maponga. And I see that you are invoking a lot of minds when uh, the great Bishop, as you are deliberating and sharing your views, so many voice notes are coming through right now. We'll be taking them in just five minutes' time. Now, Bishop, this one straight question that people will be asking, listening to the show right now, to say, Bishop, now what are you saying? Do I still have to continue going to church? Do I still have to go to the same school? If you don't have a church in your heart, don't waste your time in the building. The real church is in your heart. Take your church, your heart to church. Without knowing and understanding the value of a church at a personal level, the institutionalized church is a waste of time and abuse of finances. You cannot find comfort in a building when you have no relationships in your heart. If you don't love the people that you see, how dare you think you can love a God that you have never met? Good evening, Samex. I like the beautiful mind that Bishop poses. He's very robust. My view on this topic is that the African people's minds are inculcated with fear. My Many black people are following the Western systems. Why can't we not follow the African indigenous knowledge systems? So my question to Bishop is, why are they not establishing the school systems which will inculcate Africanism? Tapelo Maketha is the author of the message. Bishop? Those who have money have no ideas, and those that have ideas have no money. I thank you. Ah, in his classic and vintage way, those who have money, uh, they have no ideas. Those who've got ideas, they do not have money. Let's listen quickly to some of the voice notes right now and hear what people have to say. Hi, brother. Uh, the bishop is correct. You know, uh, you know, the first question you can always ask, uh, in Africa, thousands of years, where do we get the English names? Secondly, where are the surnames? Uh, fourthly, um, you know, if you're talking about the land of Judah, you're talking about the Garden of Eden, where do you find these things? You find them in Africa. So clearly we know that something's wrong. Totally, I agree with him. And certain things, we mustn't just think using our hearts. We must think using the brain, the head, the And, you know, the, the heart, the heart doesn't reason. The heart will never reason. The heart just knows two things, hate and love. So when it comes to talk about the learning or like, you know, the education. Oops. And I cut, I cut that. I have cut the, the. But I think we got the, we we've got the gist, the gist, the gist of that, Bishop. I, I do not hear the other part clearly. Can you just reiterate for me? Okay. No, he was just basically.
appreciating to say we have been blackmailed. I mean, as black people, we have been blackmailed. This is the time now that we need to be logical as opposed to be using the heart that blackmails us to feel bad, to feel guilty, to be con- to feel condemnation for who we are. He's saying we need now to employ the mind more. I'm saying you people, anyone who is below 35, who has lived with me in this generation, you guys are very fortunate. You don't have to go through the rubbish and the hogwash that your parents and your fathers have gone through. They forced you to go to school to make you be like themselves, to achieve for them the goals that they failed to achieve for themselves, to worship and believe in things that are inanimate and non-truthful and honest at all. If you are still within the reach of my voice, within your generation, you guys are fortunate. I wonder what I would have been if I had a mentor like myself at the age of 13, 14, 15, 20, and 22. I would not have made the decision that I made. So anyone among the young people who is out there who can hear my voice, you don't have to commit the same mistakes and get yourself trapped in the bondages of of your fathers. It's time for freedom, knowledge. Don't be blackmailed. Right now, the way I speak right now, pastors and ministers and churches and religious organizations have ostracized me from churches and branded me as a demon, as a non-Christian, as a pagan and whatever they want. I don't care. The truth is, I will not be forced in 2021, 2022 to be worshipping some white little ideological images of Jesus and I'm supposed to confess to this as my Lord and Savior. No white man has ever died for a black man. To hell with that nonsense. It has to stop and it will stop with me. Not under my blood and not under my supervision. There's no other black child who will be subjected to that stupidity and foolishness in the name of religion and Christianity. What do you say, Bishop? And I'm sure you've heard this a lot because I see this message and I'm not surprised because the person is scared to say, I mean, he's an anonymous. What do you say to people who say you are an antichrist? I'm sure you got that a lot. Those people who are promoting the white messiah are the antichrist because they don't want to face the real Christ. So don't blackmail me. For that white boy you are talking about is not the Christ. It is you who is antichrist, not me. For the last time, my great bishop, I'm going to ask you to hold in just for a minute and then we wrap up the show straight after this. Here's to the crazy ones, the misfits, the rebels, the troublemakers, the round pegs in the square holes, the ones who see things differently, the ones who are not fond of rules and have no respect for the status quo. You can quote them, disagree with them, glorify them or vilify them. About the only thing you can't do is ignore them because they change things. They push the human race forward. And while others see them as the crazy ones, we see genius because the people who are crazy enough to think they can change the world are the ones who do. We are Sir Max Network. We are live right now, SMX Network, on Mahigeng FM, Northwest University FM, Kopanong FM, Kateng FM, Ahanang FM, and Madibeng FM. A big thank you. This is a debut show of Samex Network. And here, we. this is where great minds connect and we continue to ask life's biggest questions. And this conversation has actually invoked a lot of people. Let's hear what people have to say because we are joined by Bishop Joshua Mapanga III. Let's hear 
Yeah, 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 yeah. CMX, uh, one of the men you might used to follow, Mr. Joshua Mapunga. Yeah. Bishop, I like the way he talk. I used to hear him um, follow his speech many times in YouTube and some stuff. He talk much about Africa. But I have a question. Um, so just because for now, we are living under a situation where you find that corruption is very much high. And uh, blacks are abusing others, blacks. So how can we dealt with such a corruption where we find uh, blacks amongst blacks, race amongst race, amongst blacks who are fighting each other? Black people abusing others, Bishop? I am a ngube. I am a monkey. I am a Piri in Malawi. I am a Kabo in Botswana. I am Skosana in Kwandevele. I am Fakudze in, in Swaziland. I am Smanko in Mozambique. I am Tweneng in Lesotho. I am Shati Jamba Lisa in Kosa. That's a monkey. If a Jamba kills a Skosana, are you not killing a brother? The reason we are abusing each other, we don't know our ethnicity and our ethnographical connection. And Jovu, Mtimande, Ejohu is the same thing. Ebanda, Ntivande, Mtaung, Etau, a lion is the same thing. So the Africans have been taught by white people. By being given surnames, we have lost our totems. Immediately we know our totems. If you know the totems of your mother, your father, your grandfather and grandfather, both on your father and mother's side, you may just discover that by expressing your anger towards foreigners, you are actually hating your own blood. I thank you. Hi, Mr. Chaba here from Rustenburg. Uh, in terms of colonization, as black people, we've developed what you call a dependency complex. And this is something that I read and I understood as us being so dependent on European interests. The same goes for religion. Um, this because our cultures were ripped away from us to a point where we had nothing to refer back to. And we were taught this through um, violent measures and we were forced to engage the culture, the religion, um, politics of European people. So we are in effect reliant and dependent on their culture. So decolonization is very difficult to understand for black people because now as a result of how they've ripped our culture away from us, we have um, little or tainted frame of reference in terms of, of our culture. So our, our, our cultures have just been denigrated. We, we just don't know how when when you say um now we have to do away with um with european culture what what frame of reference do we have and it, like i said it's it's already, it's it's very much tainted so i think one of the solutions is to educate children from 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 a young age on the actual impact of colonization because we are taught as people hore colonization ended in 1994 but we are never actually told, Hore, no, there's, there's this word called coloniality. We still have the remnants of colonization and there's a legacy of colonization and what colonization, how it affects people to this day so that we can apply ourselves better when dealing with issues of race and, and, and colonization. 
So colonization is still protected. For example, um, in high school, uh, children are taught English oh. using Shakespeare's books. I think such books should be replaced with books. I write what I like because that education is more relevant to us. Uh, Shakespeare's books are, are just, um, they are a mere distraction and children fail in any case because of how difficult the content is, which puts black people at a further disadvantage. So black people will never win because we are being forced to learn things that have got absolutely nothing to do with us. So um, I, I, colonization is just actually very, it's, it's multifaceted and it is still protected by white people and also by black people because we are taught to hate ourselves. The Great Bishop, a reaction from young people, the demise of our culture to change the literature that we are being fed. One comment, if decolonization is difficult, tell the audience that colonization is easy. It's a choice that a nation must make. If you are saying for me to decolonize you, it is difficult. Is the colonizer having the same difficulties? He's having a walk in the park. As long as you have your surname, as long as you have your father's name, as long as you still have a ground and land as Africans, as long as we can refer to some sort our history and ethnicity and totems, we have a place where we can begin as Africans. We cannot give up and throw in the towel in the name that the process has gone too deep. The person who has been abused, even if you are abused for 200 years, the day when you wake up and you discover that enough of abuse, you have a right of standing up, cleaning up yourself. And for all practical purposes, Mm -hmm. you can never allow the person who abused you to be the one who is cleaning up your wounds. Beautiful, I thank you. Beautiful stuff, the great bishop. As we wrap up the show, this first question is very important. Has there any books that the bishop has written that can empower one's intellect? I know you've written so many books, bishop. Where do people get in touch? They must get in touch with you. I'll send you a whole set and you can distribute from your station. Beautiful stuff. They must get in touch with me. Bishop Joshua Maponga the third, Marara, the great one. It's always a great pleasure to talk to you. May you live forever. You are one of the greatest knowledge and wisdom keepers in this generation. And we walked on the marked trails that you have created for us. Thank you very much. Have a blessed one, sir. Beautiful stuff. Bishop Joshua Maponga, ladies and gentlemen, in his vintage, vintage way. Today. And let's do this. It's a glimpse in eternity. A touch of paradise. It's Radio Unmatched. This is where great minds connect. We're asking life's biggest questions. This is Sir Max Network.